Get your Bibles out with me this morning. Turn with me to the book of Romans. I'm going to try to give this to you as quick as I can, but I'm going to make sure you get it too. Amen. The book of Romans, chapter 8. Let me just tell you where we are since you're turning there in your Bibles. We started a series last week called Back to Basics. Why Back to Basics, Pastor? Well, let's be honest. There's a lot of scripture in the Bible that we do know, and there's a lot of scripture that we don't know, but there's a lot of scripture that we've heard, but we do not understand. Come on, let work with me for a second. Some of you can quote scripture like you're quoting a fairy tale, but yet you do not understand the full power that that scripture brings to your life. And so we're quoting things, but we don't understand. How can you declare a thing that you don't have knowledge of, right? If I, if I tell you something, but I don't believe something, or I don't know all the intricacies of something, then am I declaring the fullness of the word, or am I just declaring it for a moment? Let's be honest. In the church for a long time, scripture has been misused. Amen. Some of y'all look at me like y'all scared. You should be. Amen. Scripture has been misused for years. Scripture has been misused from pulpits to uh, benefit spaces that don't need to be benefited. Things have been said from pulpits to manipulate. Things have been said from church people to manipulate. Scriptures have been sandwiched together that make no sense and are completely out of context. I grew up hearing some of those things, and it drove me nuts. And so years ago, God gave me this thing. He said, Brian, I need them to understand the basics of Scripture, not, the, not all the other pieces. I need them to just have an understanding of basic Scripture and how to break Scripture and how to understand Scripture. Because I'll be honest with you, and I talked about it Wednesday, we read Bible too fast. The Bible says meditate. It didn't say read it. It said meditate. In other words, let it dwell. Let it sink. Let it saturate. Let it take root in you. The problem is, is scripture doesn't have root. It just has emotion. In the church today, scripture has emotion. There is no root anymore. Because the only reason we have a tendency to run back to the word is because we are in emotional struggles. And so we run to the word hoping that the word will dig us out of an emotional struggle. Can I give you just a real quick one? If you had roots, you wouldn't have emotional struggles. Because you would be rooted in God, not rooted in your problems. And so the word should give us roots. And so this morning I want to take us. Last week we dealt with a great one in Isaiah. This week we want to go into Romans chapter 8. If you got it, say, I got it. If you didn't bring your Bible, say, help me, Jesus. If you didn't bring your Bible, look at your neighbor and go, can I hold yours? Pastor's going to call me out. No, I'm not. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Romans chapter 8. Here, very simple. In verse 37 it says this. Yet in all these things, here it comes, we are more than conquerors. Some of y'all going to get excited. I'm already pumped. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Some of y'all going to catch this one in a minute. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors. Through him who loved us. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, open our hearts and our minds and our ears to not only hear, but to listen and to let it deposit on the inside of us. Father, we have come that your word might change us so that we might begin to reflect more of you. Lead us and guide us. I bind every distraction in the room today, every cell phone that wants to ring, God. Let it be silenced in Jesus' name. <laughs> amen, amen. Let's get in the word together. Ready? Let's start in the very beginning of this scripture because I'm going to break this down for you this morning. Like as soon as I pray that, everybody starts breaking out their cell phones. Put it on mute. Put it on mute. I, I got you. That was the whole purpose. Amen. 
Let's start at the very beginning of this scripture because I want to break this down for you. Let's start with the very first portion of it. It says, yet in all these things. If you read context of scripture leading up to verse 37, it says, if you read, if you read Romans chapter 8 completely, it'll mess you up. But let's just talk 35 and 36 for two seconds. It says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we're killed all day long. We're accounted as sheep for the slaughter. I love what, and, and I don't really preach on this very often, but I love what the message version says in this. It says, do you think anyone is going to be able to drive a wedge between us and Christ's love for us? Not trouble, not hard times, not hatred, not hunger, not homelessness, not bullying threats, not backstabbing, not even the worst sins listed in Scripture. Hello. They kill us in cold blood because they hate you. We're sitting ducks. They pick us off one by one. I, I want to say this to you for just a second. Uh, we have a lot of all these things that are causing division. Yet in all of these things, and I can't even get beyond this thing because we are stuck as a people in all of these things. What do you mean, Pastor? I mean, let me, can I just say it? I know I'm, I'm the white elephant in the room, and I mean that completely. I'm the white guy in the room. Ethnicity divides us. Social elitism divides us. Religion divides us. The church has divided us. Yet in all of these things. Political idealism, political thoughts, political ignorance divides us. Ah, can, I, can I just can I say this for a second? Because I, I'm going to say this to you as your pastor because I love you. Do not ever, and I mean ever, as long as you're breathing and as long as I'm breathing, send me an email or a text message of what you think about the president or the political agendas. I'm just going to say this to you with love and respect. Don't do it. I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why. Because it doesn't matter to me. My Bible, if I declare this word, decree this word, live this word, it says that all kings are appointed by God. You go, God didn't appoint him. Well, what about the last 44 that you didn't like? Because everybody has their indifferences of what they think or what they believe or what they want to be mad about or what they want to say happened or what didn't happen. Let's be honest. Can we just shut up and pray? Because here's the truth of it. As long as we're talking about everything else, we're not talking about God. So yet in all of these things, Pastor, why are you stuck right here? Because I think all of these things are bigger than the God we serve sometimes. When we go through things, all of these things. When we, when we have a problem, all of these things. When, when things don't work out the way we want them to work out, all of these things. And, and the scripture starts out with, yet in all of these things, in all of this pain, it says in verse 35, it says, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, or peril, or sword. The message version says, trouble, hard times, hatred, hunger, homelessness, bullying, threats, backstabbing, even the worst sins, all of these things. Yet in all, which it tells you that we're going to go through these things. But in all of these things, what is he trying to tell you? That you're going to go through stuff, but you got to hold on to the right thing. 
because what we have a tendency to do is hold on to the problems, praise the problems, worship the problems, and then try to declare God in the midst of our backwards tongues. It's kind of like this. Kind of like this. How can I declare the healer if I declare I'm dying? Come on, work. Think for a second. How can I, I just got to sit right on this one for a second. How do I declare the healer and then keep telling everybody what the doctor said? Okay. How do I declare that what God brings together, no man can tear apart, but then go back and tell other people how bad my spouse is? Oh, boy, let me go back over to this side over here for a second. <laughs> How can I say that God's going to save my household and then come over here and cuss my kids out? Oh, you want me to keep doing this? I could do this for the next 45 minutes and send you home. I'm going to come back over here. Oh, God, you're going to do a miracle. You're going to do a miracle and come back over here and go, God, you don't care about me. See, there's, there's got to be a fix between where God's calling you and where you keep living. Yet in all of these things, but let me help you with something. You can leave all these things if you'll go back over here. But you can't dabble in both sides. Okay, God, I'm going to live holy for you, but I'm going to go pick up sin on the weekends. God, I know you delivered me, but I really like it over here. Go ahead, keep playing. Keep playing. Because God will stand over here, and you're going to find out how lonely that world is over there. God, where have you gone? God, you forsaken me. He said, I didn't move. You didn't. I changed not. You went back. And can I just be honest with you? This is a lot of love about God. He'll let you jump off the cliff. Pastor, don't say that. That's so wrong. He's a gracious and loving God. Yes, and he'll also let you be stupid when you want to be. Trust me, I did it more than once. He'll let you bounce a couple times. God, I'm tired. Are you tired of bouncing? Stop being stupid. All right. Or some of us run to the cliff and, God, are you looking? God's going, go ahead, jump. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'll be here when you climb back up. All right. See, so many times we, 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 we get caught up in the circumstances of life. We get caught up in the situations of life. We get caught up in, in problems. I, look, can, I, can I just be honest with you for a second? Uh, man, it seemed like all hell broke loose on Friday afternoon in the Dean household. It's Friday morning. How many of y'all got kids in public school? Or let me rephrase that, kids in life school. I don't know what it is, but there is a life epidemic in children. So all of a sudden, somebody got the flu. Amen. Somebody got the flu. All right. And so, so, so we walk in. So my wife wakes up Friday, Thursday night. Thursday night, we're going to bed. She thinks she sees it. And I'm like, baby, stop it. Babe, just stop. <laughs> babe, babe, my head's itching. Look at my head. <laughs> ah! <laughs> babe, stop it. You're being ridiculous. I had to repent later. Uh, <laughs> babe, come on. You're just being paranoid about it. Just go to bed. I can't go to sleep. So we wake up the next morning, and lo and behold, there it is. So we have to get the kids out of school, get that done. Then they go to the dentist, and we find out there's cavities. And then we, come on, work with me for a second. God, where have you gone? Yet in all these things. I called my wife, and I said, baby, it's going to be okay. We're going to make it. This isn't going to kill us. We're going to come through this. Woke up on Saturday morning. Life was still good. We were still breathing. We were still celebrating 
why do we get so lost in the stuff that we can't find the freedom in Christ? I'm not dying. I'm not sick. I might have woke up in a little bit of pain this morning, but I serve a God who heals. I didn't walk up to the pulpit and go, guys, I'm so glad to be here. It's going to be a great Sunday where you pray for your pastor. I'm dying. Y'all would have been like, everything after comes out of his mouth now, I don't know if I'm going to believe. Because what happened to his faith level? What happened to his belief? Yet in all of these things, I, I got to sit here for a second because I need you to understand, you got to change how you think. You got to change how you speak. Because if you don't, you will stay trapped in all of these things and never step into what God has promised you for your life. Get out of all these things and get into the promises and the purpose of God. It is time that we step beyond that. But go on in to verse 37. It says, yet in all of these things we are. Uh-oh. ruh -roh. Oh, no. He said we are. Not I am. He said we are. The only thing that declares I am in the Bible is him. Here's the problem in us today is that we want to claim I am, not we are. Oh, wait for a second. Caleb, where you at? You in here, bro? Rodney, come here for a second. Come here, Caleb. Oh, I'm going to mess with it bad. Uh, Marcelo, come here for a second. I know you're in the room. Come here. Hey, Amen. <laughs> come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. Get close. Come on. Get close. We're, we're family. Okay, that's a little too close, Marcelo. All right. Lord Jesus, help. No, okay, I'm just kidding. Okay, we are. We are. You're going to catch us in a minute. Can I tell you what's created segregation? I am. And I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about the I am spirit that you were never meant to walk in. He is the I am. We are. He's the I am. We are. But here's what has to happen. You got to get over your eyesight and get into your heart vision. I'm trying to help you for a second. I'm trying to help you for a second. I came from a long way in my life. I, I, okay, let me just give it to you. I started ministry in a multicultural, multi-ethnicity. I started ministry in the projects. I was the one being threatened to be killed because I was the lily white-skinned boy showing up in the middle of the projects trying to have dinner with the local drug dealer. Why? Because that was what God told me to do. And you know what happened? It turned into a place where all of a sudden they would come find me and say, hey, Pastor Brian, you want to come and have dinner tonight? I would ask this question, am I going to jail tonight? <laughs> no, you're not going to jail. Cool, I'll be over. Man, we'd sit down, have dinner. I'd pray over the whole family. Go back. Why? Because we are. Amen. Can I just say this to you? Get out of your politics. Get out of your own vision sight. And get into the heart of God where it says that we are better together than we are separated. Yet in all of these things, we have got to work at this. We have got to become better at this. Brazilian. Rodney. <laughs> That's a good one. 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 All right. Because we, we. <laughs> Can't, couldn't help myself. We're better together. But you don't want to join a team of a guy that goes, I am. Because if it's just me, it'll never be us. Why do we, I had to talk. Y'all got to stay here for a second. This is fun. This is good. This is good stuff in there. Y'all sweating yet? Because I sweat every Sunday. Okay. It's cold in here. It's 100 degrees up here at the time I'm done. Okay. 
the truth be told is that the other day I was, I was talking, I went to Sir Williams yesterday to get some paint for the house and, and I'm talking to a lady and, and the, the name on the contract says the house at Sherwood Williams and she said, uh, what's the house? Is that like a, a business for, well, sure. Uh, well, what's the house? Is it like a home business? I said, no, it's a church. Brother, eyes got this big and their mouth dropped. Why the house? I said, because you need to be a part of a family, not another church. I said, because I'll be honest with you, the only reason I started getting in ministry because I needed to fix what the church broke because the church started dividing people rather than bringing people together. Christ came to bring us together, not to separate us. And so I'm standing inside, and then another guy comes in, and I'm still preaching. I don't care. You brought me to church. I'm going to bring it to you. All right. So I'm standing, and I keep going. She's like, that is really cool. I said, listen. She said, where's your church? I said, it's, it's right on. And she said, I pass your church every day. I've been wondering what that was. I said, well, why don't you come home this week? Because we're better together than we are separated. See, this is what I'm trying to show you is, is that the Bible says, yet in all of these things, can I tell you what's creating all these things? We won't get together because we try to conquer too much on our own. Go sit down. I'll call you back in a little bit. Amen. Rodney. Just kidding. It says, yet in all of these things we are. Can I just say this to you? Can I just say this to you? Don't call yourself a part of the church if you're not a part of the we. Because if you're part of the me then you're not part of the family. Because family doesn't declare me. We work for the benefit of the whole family. We want to see the whole family succeed. We want to see the whole family victorious. We want to see the whole family get to the other side. We will leave nobody behind. And we'll get over ourselves in order to make it happen. Paul said this, it says, we, not I, but we. I am only as strong as the person I'm linked to. I, I remember playing football when I was a kid, and, and they told you, they said, they said, when you get on the line, you're only as strong as the one on the line next to you because you can't conquer the line by yourself. So I remember we would we'd get on the line, and we'd get, we'd get down. To th- I'm, don't ask me to get in three-point stance. I might not get up. Amen. Uh, <laughs> but we get down three-point stance, and we'd talk to each other. You can do this, bro. Okay, you go that way. I'll go this way. We started working out strategy. We started working, and I won't tell you all the stupid, dirty things I did at times. Amen. Um, grass and dirt play really good in football. Amen. Hello. Okay. Um, hey, sometimes you got to get where you got to get. All right. And, uh, and, and, so, and so, look, football was not meant to be a, a, a sweetie pie sport. Amen. Okay. And, and, uh, and so we would get on the line. And, but we, would, we wouldn't just talk on the line. We'd talk on the sideline. We'd link together when we weren't in the game. Can I say this to you? Can we stop only linking on Sundays? Hello. Can we link on a Monday? Can we link on a Tuesday? Could you imagine what church would be like if we would connect with each other, not make it about anything other than you and me? We. We. Not I. He's the I. It's the we. Can, uh, 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 Judah, come here for a second. Come here, Bubba. I use my son now. Can I, can I just show you this? Just stand right here and hold this. No, turn the guy back to the side. Just put your hands on the bottom of it. Put your hands on the bottom of it. It'll be leader. Just let it rest on your face. Amen. That'll work. <laughs> I'm just telling you because holding it like this for a while is going to get troublesome. Okay, now, now look. Come this way. Just come this way just a little bit so everybody can see. And, okay, stay right there. Okay, don't get too close. All right. I had to take all this in real quick. Amen. Okay. <laughs> don't let the mirror deceive you. Because we have a tendency to spend more time looking at that than looking at this. Every morning you wake up and you look at that. And you judge it. And you character assassinate it. And you come against it. And you see imperfections. And you start declaring things that are different. Watch this. God never called you to live in the single place. He called you to live 
in the body. For we are all members but have different different jobs, different motions. Some are feet, praise the Lord. Some are hands, some are mouths. Whatever it is, you've got a part. But the problem is, is you can't get deceived by what you see and cause isolation in your existence where you think that no one wants you. Because if you spend all your time looking in the mirror, pride and vanity begin to take over your spirit. And you no longer now want to have the we because you are, you are perplexed by the you. You're too busy staring at your own circumstance. What if I told you that the person sitting next to you right now is the one that you need to link up to to strengthen you? Well, Pastor, Pastor, there's nobody sitting beside me. Then scoot over. (laughs) Stop putting empty seats between you because I don't want nobody sitting to me. This ain't the movie theater, Jack. (laughs) Next time you go to a theater, find a seat that somebody sitting sit right next to them. They just start making weird clicking noises and see what he does. <laughs> we have got to break the spirit of the eye. This church is not an eye, it is a we. If it's not a we, it will die. Let me say this to you. In the last six months, some of the biggest churches in this city have closed their doors. Hello. Or have had to downsize. I have been praying, God, what is going on? What is happening in our city? They need the we back. They forgot that I am. And sometimes we have to walk. Coming times, sometimes we got to walk through reminding ourselves that he's the I am, that you are not. But we are stronger together. When you find yourself weak, I can almost guarantee there's nobody around you. Because when you're weak, you create a space of isolation and you spend more time in the mirror judging what you see than declaring what Christ sees in you. Let me help you with something. There is nothing greater than getting around a bunch of believers that believe what you believe and can see you through a thing rather than you dying in a thing. Thank you. It's time that we get away from the I and get into the we. Here's the truth of it. Rodney, come back. Hmm. It's going to mess you up. Stand right here. Look at me. If I'm more about the we, then you are my reflection. Because I stop looking for me and I start looking for you. I stop building my character assassinations on me. And I start attacking what's coming against you. So that you and I can win this race together. Break the mirror. Break the mirror so that we can do this. We have to do this. And and I'm using Rodney because it's a color comparison, but I need you to understand, I could do this with anybody in the room. Because it's not a black and white thing, it is a people thing. Can I say this to you? Can I, and I'm not trying to uh, leap over years of whatever. What I'm trying to say is, okay, I get it, but can we go? Can we move forward? Because if we keep dealing with the past, then the giants will always live in the land and the Davids will never win. But I don't succeed unless he succeeds. Sorry, I was getting a little tight there. I'm sorry. I apologize. Getting a little wound up there. If he fails, I fail. 
Hmm. No, because that what the church says today is, oh, that sucks. Well, maybe next time, Ryan. Hope you get it next time. I'm going to go live my life. Rather than saying, no, Bob, I can't let you fail. We got to finish this together. Come on, pick yourself up. Let's go. We got to do this. We, we, we. How are we going to do it? The I. Because if he's the I, then we're the we, then we can conquer all things. Put your mirrors down and find a reflection that doesn't look like you, and we might just conquer the world. Go sit down. I'm not even halfway done yet. Yet, in all these things, we are what? What are we? More than what? In other words, God didn't save you to be a survivor. I'm going to let that sit for a second. You'll catch that one in a minute. Because we in the church have a survivor mentality. <laughs> I survived. I survived. You know what survivor is? Survivor is somebody who overcame one thing but is not overcoming anything else. Because they only, they only talk about the one thing they came out of. But they do not understand that in yet in all these things we are more than conquerors. God didn't save you to be a survivor. He saved you to be more than a conqueror, a defeater, a subduer, a vanquisher, a victor, a winner. Watch this. Say I'm a conqueror. That was so weak. Oh, God help me, Jesus. Let's try this again. Say I'm a conqueror. Now some of y'all went, I'm a conqueror. Please, I don't want to go to battle with you. Because the enemy's like, got him. Try it again. Say, I'm a conqueror. conqueror. Now say, I'm a loser. Why not? Why not? Well, but hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, in Sunday morning service, in the midst of other believers, you are a conqueror. But tomorrow morning when you wake up. Tomorrow morning when you get up and your body doesn't feel right and your kids are acting crazy and all hell's breaking loose and it's a Monday. What are you now? Oh, my God, i got to go back to church. <laughs> Pastor Brian, where are you? Tell me again. Shut up. You're more than a conqueror. <laughs> what? This is not a Sunday declaration. This is not a feel-good emotion. This is, baby, I'm more than a conqueror. Amen. In other words, here's the crazy part. If you're more than a conqueror, then the battle doesn't belong to you anyway. Because a conqueror fights battles, but the Bible says that he shall fight your battles. But let me help you with something. If you can't say you're more than a conqueror, then you're not showing up to the battle. If I learned anything in the story of David and Goliath, it was this. God didn't need David to defeat Goliath. David just had to show up. And he had to listen to God. God sent him to a brook. It's going to pick up some stones, some smooth little stones to kill a giant. Are you kidding me right now? God, come on, these stones are going to kill that big old thing? That brother's got swords and javelins and helmets and all kinds. Saul trying to give me his armor and don't even fit me. And I, you want me to go out there and kill the man with a rock? He's going to just show up. I'll tell you what to do. Okay. David, when he, when he says what he wants to say, I want you to respond with this. And then after he says that, I want you to take that little sling, put that rock in there. And it really, I only brought three in there because I need you to understand you need the God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in order to conquer what was in front of you. Oh. But it's only going to take the first shot because you got to show up with the full armor, not half the armor. Okay, that's a whole other sermon in itself. I might just write that one later. Okay. And so, and so he takes the stone and he, he, he relinquishes this rock. But you forget that David was a worshiper and it wasn't the rock that hit him. It was the worship that hit him. 
Oh, because this is what I truly believe. I believe David let go of that rock and went like this. Because even in the I, God still wants the we. You're going to catch this one in a second. Even though he is the great I am, he wants you and him to be the we. You, in all of these things, we are more than conquerors. We are more than conquerors. I'm going to give you a, a quick illustration of something God gave me years ago. Uh, anybody ever feel like you get somewhere and it feels like something's pulling you back? Hmm. You hate that, don't you? It's like, God, have we been here already? Shut up and enjoy the ride. Why? Because sometimes God has to pull you backwards to spring you forward. Anytime a launch happens, something has to be pulled backwards to let it go. We get mad because we say, God, why am I? Why am I? Why am I? Yet in all of these things, I am more than a conqueror. God, it's tough. I don't understand, but it's it's tough. But I'm listening to you. I'm I'm listening to you. I, ah, God, this is tough. This I feel the tension. Just hang on, Brian. I got I got you. Because when I let you go, you're gonna go further than you've ever gone before. Can I give you a personal space this morning? And when I tell you this, at the end of this, please do not come and tell me your fitness routines. Don't come tell me your eating habits. I don't care. I don't want to hear it. You're gonna allow me to find it out for myself. Hold on to your tongue. But let me say this to you. I got up in the bath this morning. I got up in the shower this morning. I was getting ready for church this morning. And God says, so how many more heart attacks do you need before you finally get it right? This is what he told me. Now, you might not agree with this, but this is what he told me. He said, I saved you once. Do I have to save you twice? My son's sitting right here who will hold me accountable to this word. Pray to God my wife doesn't watch Facebook later. <laughs> We're going plant-based. Stop it. Okay, but here's the truth of it. Here's the truth of it. This is not about me going to the gym and working out and being buff, or this is not about me doing everybody's diet and everybody telling me what. Uh-uh, none of that works. It's got to work for me. It's got to work in me. So here's the truth of it. I, I, I've, I, I've, I've been complaining. I've been dealing with some stuff, and, and I've been, God, I'm tired of this. I'm, 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 yeah, are you really tired because you keep doing the same old stupid stuff? How many times have you told God you're tired of something and keep doing the same old dumb things? God, I'm tired of feeling this way. Then you pull through McDonald's. <laughs> I'm tired of being an insomnia because you drinking Cokes at 12 o'clock at night like a dummy. I'm tired. Okay, do you understand what I'm saying? It, there comes a point in time. Okay, we are more than conquerors. But conquering is not just you sitting in a room going, okay, God, your turn. I'm not doing nothing. You got to put some action to your mouth you got to put some action to your existence. You can't complain about a thing and just stay in the thing. you got to change the thing. Okay, my marriage isn't working. It's not my wife's fault. It's my fault. Well, Pastor, you didn't do anything. That's what you think. But I know what I said at moments. And I know what things I've thought. I need to go fix it. God, don't fix her. Fix me. God, I need you to fix my kids. They're crazy. <laughs> Pastor, don't say the crazy word. He's not offended. We're going to go home and laugh about it later. My kids, God, deal with my kids. How about you father your kids? See, here's, can I just say this for you for a second? Stop asking God to conquer things you refuse to change. Because this is what we have a tendency to do. God, conquer, conquer my struggles. How about conquer you? No, God, I didn't ask you to touch me. I'm good. 
God, I, I woke up in glory this morning. Amen. But God, I'm the preacher. I'm the pastor. And I, 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 you know, I mean, come on, you chose Brian. Yeah, but I gave you four kids. And I gave you a wife. I might have chosen you, but I gave you something. And what I give you is greater than what I choose you to do. Because what I gave you is what I actually called you to do. So here's the truth of it. It's not God changed him. It's God changed me so I can love him better. Oh. I tell you, tell you, I'm just giving this to you real quick. Parents, right here. Parenting 101. I'm going to give you Christian parenting 101. Stop changing your children. Change you. Watch how much easier it is to lead and guide them. Because they're watching for your hypocrisy. Because we tell our kids not to do one thing and we do the exact thing when they're not looking. I'm going to spank your butt if I find you cussing. Beep. How, how can you yell at that young lady at school? You yell at mom. They are walking, talking, breathing parrots that are committed to do exactly what you deem okay. So change you and watch how they change. And if they don't change, give them to God. And he'll do the rest. But you showed up as a conqueror, not as a person who was whatever. He says, yet in all of these things, we are more than conquerors. Can I get you the last piece real quick? Last two pieces. It says in verse 37, it says, through him. Him is describing Christ. We will not conquer anything without Christ. It does not say we're more than conquerors through ourselves, because God knows that in ourselves we are weak and will not finish. It is only Christ who gives us strength. The Bible says that in your weakness, he is strong. But here's the problem. In culture today, we don't want to be weak. We think weakness is a sign of failing or a sign of being a sissy. Men, let me speak to you for a second. Weakness in the things of God is a sign of humility that allows God to become bigger than you are to make you a better man than he's called you to be. Humility is something that is missing in people today because we will not humble ourselves. We will pride ourselves to the throne room of grace and then tell God how to do it. And God says, yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him. Stop trying to conquer your stuff on your own. You're not going to win. You'll spend the rest of your life fighting battle after battle after battle after battle until you are so frustrated you quit. You want to know most people quit on God? Because they're tired of the fight. Because they have not relinquished themselves completely to the promises of God. He says, yet in all of these things, we are more than conquerors, but you cannot conquer a thing without Christ. In fact, you can't even be conquered without Christ. He says, through him, watch. Last part, Pastor Ben, come on. He says what? Through him who what? Read that word real clo closely. Did what? Love or love, duh. Past or present? It is a present love, but it was a past action. It covered you before birth. It covered you before you breathed your first breath. It says that I am more than a conqueror. We are more than conquerors. Through him who loved us. I have found out the greatest way to win at anything, anything in my own personal existence, is to come to an understanding of how much he loves me and what he thinks of me. 
Because I will be honest with you, my own thoughts of me is what causes me to fail 99% of the time. The infliction that I put on myself because of past mistakes or things I might have said wrong, things I might have done right. And in the process of me thinking all these things, I forget that he loved me. And it is through his love. Watch how it works backwards. It says, yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Watch. He who loved us through Christ brought us together that made us more, con- more than conquerors in all of these things. It's amazing how that scripture works forwards and then it works then right back and backwards. It's already done. We're already more than conquerors, but we just have to understand his love. What if, what if I told you that the conquering that Christ came to do was not the world? He came to conquer you with his love. Have you ever been embraced? And you went, God, if I could get that every day. I've had moments where I've, I've gone into rooms and uh, hugged pastors or ministers that have been real close to me. And, oh, I was like, bro, I could just stay in this embrace. For a kid that grew up with a dad issue, I, I, man, I, I long for one. There's no greater hug than my grandfather's because it's just, it's whole. It's amazing to me how we try to conquer things because we don't feel loved rather than falling into his love space, which creates a conqueror in us. I've had a lot of conversations, and Judah hates when I do this. My family hates when I do this because they're my greatest uh, illustration. Well, I'll give you this story first, and I'll give you this one. Uh, yesterday we were in the car and, and my daughter wanted me to CVS and we blessed the lady at CVS and she wanted a hug and we got in the car and I said, Hopi, I said, what's the mission? She said, love God, love people. I said, okay. She got it. She got it. I walked into Sherwin Williams that earlier that day, Judah was with me and I got in the car. I said, hey, we got one more. She said, what do you mean? I said, I invited her to church. Share with her what we are and what we're about and what we believe in God to do in her life. And Oh, that's cool, Dad. And it, We're getting it, but we've got to understand it. And so I've shared this story before, but I've got to share it in this moment. About three years ago, son, you were sitting, you had you lied to me about something. We were in the old house, and it was a grade. And I remember I left the room. And I had, and I'll be honest with you, as a father, I scolded him. Amen. I, I spoke correction. I didn't beat my child. I didn't take him in a room and backhand him. I brought correction, stern correction. Can't do this. It's not you. I walked out the room, and I come back in the room, and he's writing on a piece of paper frivolously, just, just writing, writing, writing. And I said, son, you need to go take a shower. And he's like, all right. And he gets up, and he takes his paper, and he balls up, throws it in the trash can, and I walked to the room, and somehow, as soon as I walked to the room, I felt God say, go get what he put in that trash can, go get it now. 
So I go back to the back, go back to the kitchen. I open up the trash can. I grab the bar. I open it up. And all across that paper, it said, I suck, 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 I suck. And it broke me on the inside because in that moment of a mistake, somehow the enemy came and crept in and tried to convince that he was a failure. And I sat on the stairs to his bedroom and he came out of the shower and I said, come here. And I said to Jack, come here. Oh, God, he looked at me wide eyes, and I wrapped my arms around him. I said, you do not, not now, not ever. I don't care what we go through. You are not this person. But that wasn't me talking. That was me portraying the love that he showed me when I was incarcerated. I was copying what God had already done in me. I was giving his love to us. The greatest thing I have with my kids is communication. And I don't always do it. And I probably use your, Pastor, you do it great all the time. No, I don't. Because somewhere in that conversation with my son, I convinced him as his dad that he sucked. And I had to eat that thing. And I remember, and, and I laid, I held, I held him, and I prayed with him on those stairs, and I sent him up to his room for the night, and we, I came and prayed with him before bed a little later, but, but I remember walking in the room, and I said, baby, I got to be better. She said, what happened? I said, I, I caused, I created that. We only get better if I understand his love in me. We only get better if we understand his love for us. I have one of the greatest relationships with this kid. He's my boy. He's my firstborn. I'm tough on him. God, am I tough on him sometimes. Am I? But if you ask him, he'll tell you. Because I've asked him. Son, do you ever question? No, Dad, I know you love me. He might not always like what I tell him, but he knows. This is the kid that sits in the back on Sunday mornings and waits for me to leave the back room so that he can walk out with me on a Sunday morning to bring my Bible in here. And I've never, I never even asked him to do it. He said, I want to I do this for you as my dad. And I don't know what his plan is. Got a lot of crazy ideas. He's 12. Used to be, I'm gonna be a dirt bike rider. Praise the Lord. But let me be honest with you. If Judah comes to me tomorrow and says, Dad, I wanna be a trash man, go for it. Just don't forget God in the process. Because if you go with God, He'll make you the best trash man on the planet. You might even own the trash company one day. The truth is, at the end of the day, in all of these things, we are. We are. More than conquerors. But only through him who's already loved us. Let me say this to you real quick as I stop. God 
loves everybody. Can you? Can you? Can you? That old song, red and yellow, black and white. We are precious in his sight. It's amazing that a children's song has to correct grown adults. I love to love people, but only because he first loved me. You are. We are more than conquerors. Let him love you. And you'll conquer everything in front of you. You know what? I don't have to wonder what my kids think about me because I know what God thinks about me. And if I know what he thinks about me, I'm doing the right thing when it comes to them. If I know that he loves me, then I know I'm loving my wife correctly. It's when that I grieve the heart of God, then I realize that I'm not doing things accurately. His love never goes, but you can grieve the Holy Spirit. I want to challenge you as you walk out of this place today to lay down your own thoughts, your own past, your own struggles. I want to challenge you to love God, love people, and become conquerors starting today. We are not Republicans, Democrats, Libertarians, whatever you want to call yourself. We are not black, white, Hispanic, and I'm not speaking to your heritage. We are people that if you strip the skin off of us, we all bleed the same color. And I can't succeed without you. Because if God made you, then it's a we thing, not an I thing. Everybody stand to your feet.